Hey gang, it's that time of the week again for the Rich Core Yanks podcast, season four, episode number nine. This week, me and Dill talk more about the Yankees' injuries, uh, the massive amount of guys on the IL right now, who's coming back when, uh, who's not coming back, and who's coming back pretty soon, actually, as the Yankees starting to get healthy slowly, 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 but surely. We talk about the uh, new stadium proposal in Oakland, and they appear to have a deal done there, possibly one in Orlando as well. Dylan gives us an update on a previous What's Bothering Dylan, plus he's got a new one for us this week. Mailbag questions, we've got trivia, we've got Got this date in history, all that and more on this week's edition of the Rich Corey Hanks podcast coming up right now. All right, you guys, podcast time. We got the equipment and the perfect business plan. Give our show away for free and tell no one how to find it. Ready? Welcome back, everybody, to the Rich Corey X podcast. Me and Dylan having some fun with our, our, our new theme song. Yeah. All right, so let's get to it here. We got some trivia for Dylan. We do this every week. For those of you who are new to the show, living under a rock and haven't been supporting the Rich Corey X podcast, how dare you? But uh, what we do is every week we ask Dylan some questions. We started this, I don't know, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks ago. Dylan, year to date, let's see where you're at. Dylan, we got one win, two wins, three wins, four wins, five wins, and two losses on the year, week to date. Now, we are going to break these numbers down and get Dylan an actual percentage eventually. So we'll wait until we have a nice number to wait till we get to 100, I think, and then we'll, we'll give Dylan his own ERA and see what he's batting and what he's hitting. So the way it works is we ask Dylan five questions. They're multiple choice questions. Dylan's got to get three right out of five to win the week. Anything less than that is a loss. Dylan, are you ready? I think so. All right. Now, this first one's going to be a complete guess. I realize that, but you're going to have to deal with it. Here we go. Which team won the first ever World Series? And it has something to do with the trivia question because we just talked that that first World Series happened in 1903 after the American League was founded in 1901. Your choices for the first ever World Series are the Cleveland Naps, the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Boston Americans, or the New York Giants. Which team won the Mm. first World Series in history? 
was it the Naps of Cleveland, the famous Naps of Cleveland, the Pittsburgh Pirates still around, the Boston Americans no longer around, and the, or the New York Giants, who won the first ever World Series. So, uh, I'm going to ask you a little question here. Sure. You might not be able to answer it, but are these teams all teams that are real? I don't know if the Cleveland Naps. Yes, yes. Cool. The Cleveland Naps were a real team. Okay. And what yes. is a Nap? Do you know what a Nap is? I, I don't have that information here. I just know that they... Uh, like the Cleveland after Naps? after after the Naps, they became the um, the Cleveland Indians. Okay. So, what if, so the, wait, the Naps, the Pirates, week, the Americans, and the Giants. Last week, didn't we say the Cleveland Lakeside? The something? Cleveland Grand Rapid Lakes, something, yeah. something, something like that. That's right. You're absolutely right. Anyway, back to the question. Back here. to the question. Who won the first ever World Series, though, in 1903? You were I there. Got a, you watched I, it on cable. I was there. <laughs> I was. Uh, Negative a hundred and a couple, but uh. Get you doing the math. Good for you. Anyway, uh, I don't think it's the Naps. The Naps okay. don't deserve to win with a name like that. Really? I would, I would believe, yeah. Or, or they'd still be the Naps if they're winning titles. I would think, right? Uh, yeah, gross. All right, so it's not the Naps. It's okay. not. It's not the. The um, what was the second one? Not the Boston Americans. The, pirate, the Pirates. The Pirates. The Americans the pirates are the Giants. The Pirates, you know, they're the Pirates. The Pirates don't win anything. <laughs> okay. Besides in the 80s when they had all those guys. But, That's true. Um, So the Boston Americans are the New York Giants. Or the New York Giants. I'm going to say, the Boston although, Americans I, although the I like the Boston Americans team name, it's a great yes. name. They're Boston. They're Boston. So Boston sucks. We all know that. <laughs> Worse than Long Island, if I can Worse say. than Long Island, which you've never really visited, but go ahead. Yeah. But I'm going to go with, you know, the only team that rings really a bell to me is the New York Giants at the Polo Grounds. So Dylan's going with the Giants, and unfortunately, Dylan, <laughs> that is incorrect, Dylan. <laughs> it was who won the first ever World Series, Dylan. Dylan, not off to a good start. Wait, who was it? It, cut out were, it was the Boston Americans who won uh, the original... Uh, see, that always happens. I bring it down to think, two. And, and then, then I... the one that you choose. I know, I know. All right, I'm going to ask you this question. And if you know, if you've been keeping up with current baseball news, there's a big clue here. Because this, okay. and I'm going to give you the clue. This person just died this week. Oh, yeah. Okay, so here we go. Who was the youngest MLB player to win the most valuable player? Was it Vita Blue, Johnny Bench, Stan the Man Usual, or Bryce Harper? Now, See, saying, saying that they just died, <laughs> I am giving you one to take right off of the right off of there immediately. Yeah, Johnny Bench. He's not dead yet. Well, okay, so I gave you two because <laughs> Bryce Harper is not dead. So it's between Vita Blue or Stan the Man Usual. I'm gonna go with Vita Blue because I know he did just die. He's, he's a big guy in the show. They have him every year. Sad. Very sad. Well, if you can hear from the applause and for... That's, that's what I'm looking for more. That's the winning song That's the for happy Dylan. music. Yes, the happy music. And Dylan, you are correct. Vita Blue was in 1971 the youngest player to win the MVP. So Dylan, one for one. Yeah. Here we go. All right, here we go, Dylan. Are you ready? Yep. This is a good one. I like this one. This is going to be a guess, but it's one that you should be able to figure out. How many of the Miami Marlins starting pitchers had winning records in 2019? Ooh. Okay, so how many of the Miami Marlins starting pitchers had a winning record 
in 2019? Trick question, but not a trick question. Here we go. Was it six, two, four, or zero? So how many of the Miami Marlins season long had a, had a winning record at the end of the 2019 season? So this one's kind of tricky because mm -hmm. I don't remember. It was 2019 the year they went to the playoffs, actually? Um, I don't have that information here, sir. I don't believe so. Wasn't it 20? I think it was 20, wasn't it? The it was COVID the shortened year? season? Yeah, I think it was the COVID year that they made it. Okay. In that, at that last week of the season. So then I'm going to assume that they did horrible. Okay. Now, I can't for it to, even... For it to be I, a question, yeah. Yeah, yeah. For, for all purposes, I cannot even think of the starters in 2019 i don't even remember any of them it's not a good sign so i'm gonna say zero had a winning record well dylan as i build this suspense with awkward pause Zero of the Marlins had a winning record. So let's see uh, what their record was. Right, Dylan, Dylan, Dylan's going to look that up. So Dylan is two right, one wrong correct this week. So he's got to get himself one more right to win the week. And I'm going to do oh, it. Ooh. Really bad. Let's hear it, Dylan. 57 and 105. Jesus. Not even close. It wasn't even like it was close. <laughs> like they were teetering. They were squashed. That's awful. That's awful. An embarrassment. Again, back to our theme of the week, which is there's a lot of bad teams in baseball, and there has been for a while. So, all right, Dylan, this is another one. This is one you should get. This is one that should put you in a winning column right here. Are you ready? Uh, actually, I want to say this first. Yes, please do. The Orioles were even worse at 54 and 108, but the Tigers were 47 and 114. Hmm. That's very uh, sad. It's it's. Baseball, baseball has a problem, and they've had a problem for a while, which is a lot of good teams and a lot of shitty teams. So there's got to be a way to get more competitive balance, but that's a different conversation. So And the A's finished in second place in the West and made it to the wild card. The A's were good for years. They just decided to, we've had enough. You're not going to give us a stadium. We're not even going to give you, we're not even going to try anymore. Fucking awful team, though. Awful. I think, I'm telling you, I'm not joking when I tell you, I think if I went out there right now today, haven't swung a bat in years. I think I could go one for five. I, I think I I think I could hit a That's loop big single. Words. I think I, no. I think I could get a loop single against some of these pitchers. You know, over the head. I'm not saying I'm getting it to the wall, but I think I could get one between the hole or something to one of these guys. So anyway, all right, here we go, Dylan. Are you ready? Let's get a win here, Dylan. Are you ready? Yep. All right. Who was the winner of the first MLB Comeback Player of the Year award? The very mm. first one. It was given to one of these four gentlemen. Was it Jim Tomei, Aaron Hill, Cliff Lee, or Jason Giambi, the Gambino? Hmm. Who was the first ever Comeback Player of the Year award? Now, take this for granted. I do try to, you know what? I'm not going to say it because it would have been a big clue. So. I thought the Comeback Player of the Year was a more recent thing that they added. I guess it wasn't considering the players are older now. Well, this is the first, so this person won the very first, so that's that's somewhat recently. If it depending on which person you pick out of these four, Jim Tomei's current, Giambi's current, Cliff Lee was kind of current, Aaron Hill kind of current. I don't know that if any of those ones were really truly bad for a while. Was Jim Tomei bad? He seemed to be very consistent from you over his yeah. career. Just, just that's just what I think. Like Jason I don't... Giambi, same thing. He's always the Giambino. But to Cliff be honest Lee? with you, honest, be honest with you, I haven't spent a lot of time looking at 
there you know i didn't really pay yeah. he's just a guy i always heard of um jim told me he's just a guy i always heard of being a pain in the ass against us yeah but i never really paid attention to his standings jambi i know a little bit just because he was with us so i do know a little bit about his numbers but i'm gonna go with aaron hill because i don't even know how all right so aaron was. hill just a shot in the dark and dylan uh, Sorry, Dylan. It was the Giambino. G- really? Jason Giambi, the first ever comeback player of the year. I guess it was with Oakland. So we had a bad year with Oakland and then came back and had one good year. And then that's when we signed him as a free agent. And he so. sparked his career. Then he got paid is what he got. So, all right, Dylan. So here we go. We're at, we're at the crossroads again. You're two and two. It's oh either going to be a win or it's going to be a loss. Let me look for a good question here. Let's see. <laughs> There's a fun one there that I could do. I just don't know if I want to do that to you or not. Let's see. I'm trying to give you one based on fact, not just a guessing one. Let's see. All right. Let's see. You wouldn't know. It's a little unfair. All right. Well, we're just going to have to go with one that I think you're going to have to guess with. We'll let the fans hear your your reasoning. Let's see. I got one about uh, the St. Louis Browns outfielder, but that's really not fair. Let's see. All right, there's a good one. And this is going to be a guess one, but it's one that you could maybe think of. So. so you're leaving it up to a guess? I'm leaving it up to, well, the rest it of them. It always in on a Honestly, guess. the rest of them are going to be all guesses for you anyway, and some are going to be harder than others. So when you start talking about the St. Louis Browns, you know, it's 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 it gets rough. It gets rough. All right, here we go. This one is fun here. Brownie the Elf from the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> Hold on, I just lost the question I was going to give you. Hold on. All right, here we go. Because I did have a, a Sandy Kovacs one again. But Oh, boy. Let's see. All right, here we go. You ready? All right, yeah. Dylan. What was unique about St. Louis Browns outfielder Pete Gray? Okay. okay. Some, there was something unique about him. Peter Gray. Pete, good old Petey Gray. You know Petey Gray. Was A, was he legally blind? B, <laughs> B, he played without a glove. C, he had only one arm. Or D, he was a girl. So what was, what was unique about St. Louis Browns outfielder, Pete, the Pete, the Peter Gray, Petey, quote unquote, Pete the Killer Gray. He was legally blind. He played without a glove. He only had one arm. Or he was a girl. Well... Considering he played for the Browns, right? Right. St. Louis Browns. St. Louis Browns. Yes. That was a long time ago. Long time ago. And I don't think women really had rights back then. <laughs> they, they did, and, and you know what we say to that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No rights, rights. No rights for women rights. So, all right. So we're going to rule that one out. I think that's a smart choice. So now you're down to three. Was he blind? Did he play without a glove? Or did he have only one arm, Dylan? But this is for the win or loss. This is, this is big stakes right here. Um, I don't feel like he would have one arm. Okay. I I don't see that as a possibility. Like I know. Um, I feel like I would know more about it if there was a guy that played baseball and he was with no arm. With you was missing you would, completely missing one arm. You would feel you would have heard that. Yeah. Okay. So I don't think that's him. Uh, and then wearing a glove. Not wearing a glove, I mean. Was that not normal? Back well, then, they didn't really wear gloves, right? And it had, like, little pads on their hands. <laughs> I mean, I think those were... Weren't those considered the gloves, though? Like, 
Yeah, but it's not, I guess. And But if he's legally blind, how's he going to see the baseball to hit it? And did <laughs> well, they even have the term legally blind back then? Well, legally, legally blind was like a term. Like, I know there's people that, like you said, I don't know if you've ever seen people, and I'm not trying to skew you one way or the other, but there are people that you see walking around that are technically legally blind that are just like walking around. They can see a little bit, but legally they're classified as blind. Like their sight is so bad that, you know, I don't think they can get a driver's license, but you know, they can walk around and just do normal shit. But again, I, I, I think I, legally blind people should be able to drive. If old people can drive, <laughs> legally blind people can drive. I have a fucking newsflash for you. I live in Florida. I guarantee you that there's some legally blind people driving around. And what, not only what, are they it's... legally blind, but they're also old. Goddamn right they are. Old and as they dirt. Have guns. Old as dirt with guns driving around, running the streets. So Florida yes. is really just like the Wild West in Dude, it, it it is a fucking cesspool, Dylan. It is it is it's it, it's it's the armpit of the civilization is just so bad. I don't know how to tell you anymore. It's just, it's guys, if you're from Florida, I don't mean to alienate any of our uh, listeners, but it's bad, man. It's just bad all around. I'm sorry. Back right, to the Dylan. question though. You, you got, you got work around the bush. You got work to do here. He didn't play with a glove. That's what he, he didn't did play do. with as a glove. Okay. Well, he Dylan, said, screw gloves. I Dylan don't says, them. I don't need a glove. I'm, I'm good without a glove. Well, Dylan, unfortunately, uh, he only had one arm, Dylan. Everybody really? Knows, everybody knows PD only had one arm. Come on. What is <laughs> wrong with you, Dylan? Pete the Killer Gray. Let's Pete see. The Killer I, want Gray. A, I want a photo of him. And this, ironically enough, this was his walk-up. It's true. I saw him. He was, one of the, he was one of the only players with a walk-up song, and that was it. So, no one. And the crowd though, went wild. The crowd went mild. Yes, absolutely. How how did he have one arm and play baseball? <laughs> Uh, didn't uh, uh, listen. Yankees Jim Abbott played with pitch no hitter with one hand, sir. Missing a hand is one thing. Missing a whole arm? How are you going to swing a bat with one arm? I listen. Oh, here's some pictures of him. Do you have wow. him? What do, you, do you have some more information on him? So he is left-handed. Uh, well, he couldn't be both. That's for sure. <laughs> couldn't be both. He uh, he's swinging the bat with one hand. Believe it or not. <laughs> Look at Petey. Beat the killer. One-handed. Does he have any stats? Uh, let's see. Pete the killer, the one-armed man, the one-armed baseball man. Baseball reference. Here we go. He had a negative 0.8 war. Not what, had, you, not what you want. He only had 234 career at-bats. No, more than me and you had. Uh, 51 hits. Not horrible. Okay. He's batted 218. So honestly, he'd probably fit in with Listen, players nowadays. That's he's, not that bad. He, he's got a higher average than Volpe. He's, he's got five stolen bases. Five, listen, nothing wrong with those feet. You don't need two arms to run, buddy. Get out there, Pete. And he's buried in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. So road right trip. next to the Rail Riders. Road trip. We're going. Me and Dylan are going to go pay homage to Pete the Killer. He died in 2002, so I was alive. It's a and fresh, he was alive. fresh grave, Dylan. I think that might be a road trip. Me and you go. We go up to Pennsylvania, see a Rail Riders game, and then make the the homage and lay some flowers down at the grave of the well, great. Pour Pete one the out for Pete Gray. Pour one out for Pete the Killer Gray. And he was anyway, an outfielder. Outfielder, respect. So if, if he catches the ball, how does he's he got to switch gloves? In? You remember how Jim Ab- glove? how Jim Abbott used to do it? He used to like flip it to his nub. Yeah, but he didn't yeah, have enough like, to, to flip it. Oh, to. yeah, it's got something there. Maybe he's got like an elbow. You don't know how far down the arm goes. Like, you might have like a. Oh, no, yeah, it goes a stub. down pretty far. Yeah. 
it's just like a like a shoulder knob or like it's it's above his like actual like jersey like oh okay so there's nothing there so there's it's just hanging it's flapping maybe in. maybe just there's something it, but the, yeah. the flaps in the wind you know maybe maybe just dropped it or put it in his teeth maybe bite it off with his teeth like he catches it and then oh yeah i guess you'd have to just drop the ball because you'd have to get the ball in quick so think about that though he's catching and throwing with the same arm too that's a big deal it's impressive you know what? You may have lost a trivia, but you taught us something about Pete Gray this this week, so I appreciate that. All right, an autographed ball. How much is it? Oh man, it's got to be big bucks for a Pete Gray, an original mint condition Pete Gray. Oof. <laughs> mint Gen Nin- Ten. Nineteen forty-five, fresh out of yeah, the war. That's got to be a sweet, sweet. A lot of coveted, coveted. Uh, the team purchased his contract from the Memphis Chickasaws. Oh, listen. <laughs> a lot you can say about the Memphis Chickasaws, but offensively, stout. They were a stout team. A lot of controversy with the bullpen that year, but they didn't anyway. go as far as they. The no, they, they they should have done better. That's for sure. All right, Dylan. Let's move <laughs> on here, Dylan. It's your segment. It's your time. It's the what's All bothering right. Dylan segment this week, Dylan. What do you got for the people at home? Don't so I have, an, I have an update on the parking lot situation. Ah, we, we were all waiting. Did they move the tarps? On the edge of Did your they block seats. it off? Yes. Just like the top section in Tampa Bay when the Yankees came to town. It's open. They opened it up. Not yeah. completely, though. Not completely. Okay. So they still have about, I'd say, maybe 12 parking spaces blocked off. All right, that's way that's better than the whole row, let me tell you. Well, how and, many how many spots would be in a row? Oh, there's a lot. It, okay. It's pretty long. I don't. I can't tell you the number, but guesstimate like a hundred. Mm, I wouldn't say hundred. Maybe like seventy. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, noticeable difference. Very good. Very good. Fantastic. Well, see, I, I like I like it when you're what's bothering Dylan's when they have come a positive back. uplift. Yeah, they come back around to have a positive. Uh, upbeat story and a conclusion to it. We never really got closure on the urinals, except we did see some. It's an ongoing some, thing. We saw some top-notch urinals in the legend suite. Yep. So that's that's pretty sweet. And, and so. a kid playing on the urine-covered ground. Well, listen, you, you, you do it. Everybody's <laughs> into different things. You know, it is what it is. All, All right, right, let's let, let's get onto some mailbag questions because oh I no, think we got a new wait. one. I, I have I have one for yes. this week. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, don't cut me off. Yet. I apologize. I'm sorry. I thought that was it. This one's quick. Okay, so, listen, go for it. All right. Wait, so, dude, would you would we like some theme music for your for your segment? Every yeah, week? play play me something. Play okay, me something. here we go. Okay. Okay, so Dylan's theme music for his "What's Bothering Dylan." Let's hear it one more time for the Dylan theme song for First ever this week. Reveal. All right, Dylan, what do you got? So we all know Axe body spray. I'm aware of it. Yes. Uh, twelve year olds, you know favorite thing oh yeah um so i have a can left over from middle school and from middle uh, school yeah it's old and it still works um quality so, they're a quality so, product so yeah so you can find them in every dollar store i'm pretty sure 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 <laughs> um so yesterday i was working out right got okay. real sweaty got real sweaty went on the 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 stationary bike did like nice. a couple miles. Nice. I, was, I was dripping with sweat. Nice putting in that um, work. But it was also like 8.45 at night. Okay. And I didn't eat dinner yet, so I was hungry. 
And a lot of places close around 10. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be that person to just walk in around like 9.45 while they're closing. Be like, Good on you, give sir. me Good some on. food. Good that, on you. We don't want to be the... Those, those guys people, are dicks. Oh, those are the worst. People. They're the worst. So I was like, all right, I guess I'll skip a shower for now and I'll go get food. Okay. But I'm sweaty and I'm smelly and... So I did what every 12-year-old does after gym class, and I sprayed myself with Axe body spray. Um, it was almost like it, it, I didn't spray myself because I didn't smell good at all, still. Um, it kind of just made my whole downstairs area smell like Axe body spray, but not me. So it's like a scientific wonder what well, Axe body spray does. It's more of a room. It's a mask. It's a yeah. mask. It's, I think it's to distract other people. Like yeah. we're not gonna make you smell any better. We're just gonna we're just gonna punch somebody in the face next to you with that smell. And they're gonna be like, God damn. And they're gonna be like, holy shit. So it distracts you. It's almost like, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, just I was always taught like if you're gonna fight somebody bigger than you and you know you can't win, try to form a distraction of some sort. Like, you know, randomly just punch a stranger for no reason. So everybody is just like, What the hell just happened? And you just take it take take the uh, direction away. So yeah, axe body spray. Well, here's the problem. I think people use the unauthorized amount. No, I think the, that's not, I, that's not I, a I, thing. I, yeah, see, that's the problem. I think I think there's never too much. Yes, body yes. Spray. I, I think uh, if you read the actual suggestions on the can, it's like just give like a quick cross. I think they say, if I remember, it was like do an X, like shh, shh, two quick sprays. No, motherfuckers don't do that. They just take it and Half just a can. hose themselves down with this thing till it's actually dripping off of them. All right. But I, let's hear. Dylan's got a can here. Let's see. Twist the top to reveal the nozzle. Okay. Did, I did that correctly. Got that um, part done. Check. Hold the can six inches from your body. Okay. Which is it's a good recommendation. Yes. Spray across your chest to smell fresh all day. Just just across the chest. Yes. That's all it says. But it says uh, all day, fresh all day. That is just a crazy claim right there. It depends. Uh, I guess it depends on uh, how stinky you are and, and what you plan on doing for the rest of the day. You know, it makes your room smell for the rest of the day. I guess. Makes See the pro the problem with there's a fine line. What I find with those body sprays is there's once you cross over to the too much, you're screwed. As Dylan shows that to the camera, Dylan got the axe black. So once you spray it too much, you're done. Like that sp that smell doesn't go away. Like it's on you until you shower again. So. Like that's a fine line. The formula of too much or not enough is is very fine. So, yeah, I don't know. I I, I have a body spray in my car for just that reason, like an experiment, like emergency, I should say. Yeah. So like you know, just in case something happens and you you know you got you had to change a flat or something, but then you had to go somewhere and you got a little odory, you had you could spray it on there. But I have not used it in quite a while. I'm gonna be honest with you. So you're not missing out. Let me tell you, it's not. No, no, it doesn't, no. It doesn't bring much to the table. You're not you're not gonna you're not gonna do that and then expect to go out and get the girls. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. I know that's what you thought in middle school because you saw the commercial and everybody was like, Whoa, look at this guy, he's a stud. You know, he's got some axe body spray. The women are gonna be fawning over him. No, they usually go, What the fuck is that smell? <laughs> Every time I think of axe body spray, I think of the scene in Anchorman with the Sex Panther. Yeah. With the spray because that's what it works hundred like, percent of the time. Oh no, hundred percent of the time it works wait, sixty percent of the time it works every time or something like yeah. that. Yeah, so good stuff. So all right, Dylan. What's bothering Dylan this week's segment successful? All right, let's get to the mailbag questions because we got one that's gonna that spark a little bit more conversation, and that is 
from Byron from Las Vegas. And there's a reason I picked Las Vegas, obviously. With the Oakland team most likely headed to Las Vegas, whether the state will be next to get an MLB expansion team. And we covered this a little bit um, before. So I don't want to talk about what's theoretically going to happen, Dylan. But we've talked about this a little bit. Perfect scenario, your dream world, if you were in control of everything and you could put a team anywhere in the world for an expansion team. Forget about the logistics of it. Forget about if it makes sense. Forget about if it would make money. If you had your druthers, Dylan, I guess, you know, first, let's answer Let's answer Byron's question before I just disregard it and move it as, use it as, as fodder yeah. for another topic. Um, yeah. What other state do you think would get an expansion team? Because generally, they put two expansion teams into place. Now, Las Vegas technically wouldn't be an expansion team. They would just be a relocation team. Mm -hmm. But what do you think, in realistic terms, would be the next city to get an expansion team if you had to put your money on it right now? I mean, we talked about Orlando. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I could see that. But we also talked about Utah a while ago. Big yes. Salt Lake City. Yeah. Uh, I could see Utah. I'm trying to think of any other, like, big cities that don't have it, you know? I know Memphis was floated around for a while. Um, yeah. Obviously, Montreal was floated around, uh, bringing the Expos back. Uh, Utah, Orlando, North Carolina. Yeah, the whole was, middle uh, was south. Floated. Yeah, the middle southeast. If you figure you've anything. got you've got Florida and you've got the Braves, and then you got nothing. You got North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, Delaware. You got nothing there. Where one of the, you could you could certainly pop a team on the East Coast in there. Most but to answer, answer your question, Byron, if I had to guess. A gun to my head, I would say that with already a stadium proposal in place, it would either be Utah or Orlando just because they've already got the funding set up and they've got, you know, an infrastructure and a plan going forward. What I think would make the most sense would be Montreal, just because I think they'd sell out every game and I think the fans would go crazy for it. Plus, it would make sense to have another team in Canada, one American, one national. I just think it would make sense. Um, and Canada needs something when hockey's not around, you know, oh, they get just, bored up there. What are you going to do? build log cabins and eat maple syrup all day you can't do that forever no it's yeah I think that. all right byron hoping that answers your question but to get back to my question doing if you could put one anywhere in the world where would you put the next major league team just for like a cool factor or something that you would like to see where would you put a team uh could be anywhere I, on the planet I, I guess maybe tokyo see Don. this 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 is why we do the show together that's because exactly my, what my, my, I was going to say Japan somewhere just because the amount of players and the excitement for the team that's coming out there where they don't necessarily have enough players to do a league that would be competitive, but they could get enough for a team to make it really, obviously it would be insane travel and it would never work out logistically, but um, perfect world scenario. Oh, how great would it be to see Otani going back to play for his team in Japan with the rest of his, you know, his world baseball classic team and just putting that team that won into the major leagues. And not only that, you could have some American players over there as well. You yeah. know, the, the culture, they love baseball over there. They're diehard baseball fans over there. Um, very respectful of the game. I just think that would make some great series. Like, think about, oh, the Yankees are going to play the, you know, whatever, the Yomiura Gi Giants for three games this weekend. I think it would be awesome. So, well, man, we are on the same page. Good for us. Very good. All right. So, let's get to the up and in. And if you guys aren't familiar with the show, the up and in is where I pick um some will call them trolls some will call them dicks some will call them just idiots um i believe everybody should be heard and i pick uh, the, the most insulting ridiculous comment of the week every day just to keep us humble as the iron sheik would say dylan 
I'm not going to say what the Irish Sheikh would say, but yeah, basically, you know, yeah, he, you yeah, he, has, he has a saying, basically to say, I will do something to you to keep you humble. And instead of doing that, we read these comments to keep us humble. So, all right, here we go. It's Scott from New York, New York City. And again, I'm reading these word for word. I'm not usually a podcast person, but I've started looking forward to your show every week. I suffer from chronic, chronic constipation, and your show is the only thing that really gets my bowels to open up and release. Oh. So thanks to you for your shit show helping my shit flow. So Scott from New York City, we are providing a service, a medical service to him. Not only is he listening to our show, which gets us some numbers, which is great, but he has a, product, a problem dealing with chronic constipation. And after listening to our show, we just open him up and he's able to, he's able to release and, and empty those bowels and just feel better about himself, Dylan. This, so look this at is that. a feel-good question. I wouldn't this even is, say it's, yeah, it's wouldn't even say in. this is insult. This is a thank you, Dylan. This is him thanking us for medically helping him. So Scott from New York City, you're welcome. From Dylan, from me, I would like to say you're welcome. And your bowels are your open. Bowels, they're open. They're they're natural. The floodgates you let are it go. open. You're damn straight it is. Jesus Christ. So you tried to insult, insult us? You can't insult us. We've heard it all slapped with a bag of dicks like there's lots of stuff we've heard if you're a fan of the show Take us uh, wet, wet, the wet, wet baseballs yes oh god we, we've been threatened we've been we've been attacked we've been mocked we've been made fun of but no this scott from new york city jokes on you because we're happy and if we can help one more person empty their bowels because of the show then it'll make the whole show worth it well worth it sir anyway just don't do that in a urinal not well depending on the urinal Except, if you, it's a trough you maybe. might you, you might hit the little kid playing underneath in the piss so <laughs> that being said and when you, when you hear this music that means it's a wrap of another episode of the Renee Williams podcast thank you for checking us out uh, every week or about every week and a half or whenever we get time to drop one We'll drop you another episode. Hopefully the Yankees can get a couple wins here against Tampa before we go back on a road trip. I think we've got the Reds coming up on the road. Should be a, a, a nice, easy couple wins for us there. I don't so know. Let's... Look at the Mets. Hey. Oh, God. How, how fun is it? Can I tell you, as a baseball fan, as a Yankee fan, there's two things that I do when I watch baseball when my Yankee game is over. I check the Mets score and I check the Red Sox score. I want the Red Sox to lose and I want the Mets to lose. So as long as those two are losing, there's I mean, it doesn't make me feel much better about us being in last place, but the fact that the Mets are shit in the bed is great. One thing I will say, who's the fat guy on that team? Volk. The fact that he comes to the that his walk-up song is my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. <laughs> That's your is, favorite part. That is fucking amazing. Good good on him. Um, can you play your walk-up song real quick? I absolutely can. Now batting for the New York Yankees, number 33. <laughs> that being said thank you guys check us out if you have any questions richcoreyanks at gmail.com or all the socials hit us up we will be back next week with we another open up bowels we are opening up opening up bowels since 2023 here at the rich core yanks podcast we'll see you next week and go yanks <laughs>
Welcome, everybody, once again to the Rich Gangs Podcast, Season 4, Episode 9. It is Rich in Florida. It is Dylan in New York, and we're here to talk about all things Yankee and all things baseball. We just got, uh, before we started recording, having a 15-minute conversation with Guardians of the Galaxy, which I think we're missing our calling. I think we might have to do eventually do another show, like a monthly show or something, just on uh, Marvel and because we seem to have a lot to discuss about that so but the yankees have their own the yankees have their own galaxy that they're destroying right now so we'll talk a little bit about that before we get into it dylan how are you sir how's it going up in new york i feel like i'm dying no allergies are bad we got we got a soundboard that we were messing with here earlier so i don't know if randomly during the show you'll hear like some uh, some sounds, but me and Dylan are a fan of this one right here. Hold on. Our new theme song, but yes. allergies are bad up there, huh? For me, at least. Yeah. Dylan was talking to me early before we started about uh, generic versus the real deal allergy medicine, and Dylan Dylan needs that prescription strength stuff. He can't have I noticed the difference. That sissy quick. over-the-counter stuff, yeah, man, no good. All right, before we get into it, let's talk about your audio for season four, episode nine. Aaron Boone on the Oakland A's series and talking about the A's, uh, the Rays uh, matchup, the big four game set they're currently doing right now. Judge on the Yankees taking care of business against Oakland and his thoughts on the Rays and Harrison Bader on his start coming off the IL. We got tons of injury news. Let's barrel through the injury news real quick and then me and Dylan can get to what's going on. We're recording this, uh, what's today, Dylan? Saturday. So, uh, yeah, the Yankees lost last night to the Rays. We'll get into that now. But as far as injury news, um, and I'm going to rattle this off. Dylan, chime in if you have any thoughts on any of these. But Debbie Garcia, we had a Debbie Garcia sighting. He gets brought up for extra um, innings out of the bullpen and gets optioned right back down to Scranton. Greg Weiser continues to be bouncing back and forth. Uh, Aaron Hicks injured himself rounding third base. He's day-to-day right now. Uh, with an apparent injury, so no real loss there as far as I'm concerned. He's got tightness. <laughs> Oswaldo Peraza was put on the IL because of his um, hip. Or wasn't it? Yes, he's on 10-day IL. Uh, essentially, honestly, he probably didn't need to get put on the IL, but he was put on the IL just to make roster moves since he was going to be day-to-day anyway. Aaron Judge obviously reactivated. Luis Severino is throwing another bullpen yesterday, and it looks like he's just getting set to go out on his rehab starts now. They're looking for about two weeks, they're saying, until he could be ready to go. So he's going to do a rehab, rehab assignment at AAA Scranton. Um, so he's looking like he's pretty close. Uh, let's see. Josh Donaldson is right behind him. He's been doing baseball activities. Looks like he's about to start a rehab assignment after the weekend. So it looks like he might be another week, week and a half away. Um, let's see what we got here. Spend about a week working at that level and then go to a rehab. So, yeah, he might have another week before he goes to rehab. I apologize for that. So it looks like a couple weeks still for Donaldson. Now, Carlos Rondon. There's been some, some, some chatter back and forth last week. There was chatter at the end of the week talking about how he might miss the entire season. Came out on uh, social media that they were saying that he might not pitch all year because of a chronic back problem. But the last couple of days, a lot of us come out, including his wife coming out saying that that's not true. Those reports aren't true. Um, he will pitch this year for sure. Um, and the latest that I'm hearing, it's a chronic back issue. It has nothing to do with his issue that he had with his arm. It's a separate back issue. He got a cortisone shot. You're supposed to sit for a couple of days, let that take effect and then ramp up baseball activities again. And the latest I heard this was just last night was that they're expecting him to be back in late June is what I'm hearing right now. So uh, basically he's going to start basically spring training this week. 
essentially. He's going to try now, assuming there's no setbacks or anything like that, essentially spring training for pitchers is about six weeks, which would make sense. The rest of May and then June, towards the end of June, he could conceivably be ready to go if there's no other issues. So uh, the, 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 the Johnny Lasagna, we're not going to see him until September. Now, here's one that's interesting. My boy, Ben, ben Rodvert, the guy that I can't wait to see um, somehow, is essentially up in AAA, and he's essentially ready, they're saying. He's just about ready. What that means, I don't know, because he was activated yesterday off the official injury list. And he's, you know, he's on a minor league assignment, but the Yankees don't really have a spot for him. So I don't know if the plan is to just keep him in AAA and see what happens. Maybe do the Yankees bring up a third catcher and use him as just an offensive person where they can spell one of these guys. I know a lot of teams are doing that this year. The Yankees traditionally don't do that, but um, interesting to see what they do with Ben because he's got a lot of potential. And I think Yankee fans are going to be excited when they see this kid he can hit. Um, Giancarlo Stanton. Same deal. Um, he's ramping up baseball activities, but he's essentially got to start from scratch again as if he had no spring training. And they're looking at the end of May, beginning of June. So you're looking at another probably four weeks till Stanton can get back. Tommy Canely, uh, we heard was close, but they seem to be moving at a snail's pace with him for some reason. And now it's pushed back to late May or early June for him. But he is throwing, so I don't know what the problem is. He's throwing bullpen sessions, but they have not sent him on a minor league assignment yet. And Lou Trevino, done for the year. Frankie Montrose, essentially done for the year. Scott Efros, done for the year. Um, injuries, though, what do you think about any of that? Is there any news that excites you? Anybody that you'd be excited to get back right now? Um, like you said, Big Ben, you know, if, if he if he shows he can do it in AAA, yeah. why not? Why not bring him up? Yeah, I was. I, I mean, here's here's the problem that the Yankees have, and I, and just knowing this team the way I do, they love what they're getting out of Higgy and um, Jose Trevino defensively. They love it, and I I agree. You need that, but essentially they're the same player right now. Like Trevino's not that guy he was when he got hot last year. Let's be honest, guys. He's a below offensive person, just like Higgy. Him and Higgy are identical. Neither of them are going to hit a lick but they're going to call a great game and they're going to frame pitches great and they're great defensively. Problem is you can't have two of those guys. Most teams have one guy that can hit, one guy that's just a defensive stopper and you can have one of both. If Wardberg can hit, I I mean, if I had to choose between the two, obviously I guess I would choose Higgy to go away and Wardberg to come up. But I mean, the Yankees, I think are going to be hard pressed to pull the trigger on that just because they love Higgy so much because of what he does intangibles and off the field and stuff so that's why i floated the idea of a third catcher but they don't even usually have extra guys on the bench they usually use that all for pitching so i doubt that they would do it but i mean listen now the next guys that you're going to get back it looks like severino is very close you're going to see him soon and then donaldson right after that i it makes a really big difference with donaldson in the lineup and i know he wasn't hitting before but the threat of him is a big difference. It really does extend the lineup when you look at it because just Judge coming back this week has made a huge difference. It bumps everybody else up because everybody takes another spot down. So the picture looking at the Yankee lineup before Judge got back looked at like, well, all I got to get through is five. If I can get through to five hitters, I'm good. Because at the bottom of that lineup, when you're looking at Willie Calhoun, Jose Trevino, uh, Cabrera, uh, Volpe, whatever you're looking at, it, it's... And, and guys, I'm sorry. I know he hit a grand slam the other day. Volpe is not hitting. Batting under 200. He was over 200 last night. Then after last night's performance, he's back under 200. He's batting under 200. And I understand he's an exciting kid. I understand he's young. And I understand that he defensively is making all the plays. He's not hitting a lick. 
He's really not. I mean, he hit a grand slam against the Oakland A's. I think I could hit a stand-up double against the A's. I mean, we'll get into it in a minute, but that is the worst team that I've ever seen in my life. So I know the Yankees were excited because they swept three against Oakland. Oakland's a bad team, guys. And they put up runs against us. It wasn't like a cakewalk except for the one game. Like, they actually scored runs against us. That team is horrific. They, they're they're awful. And all my years of watching baseball, they're the worst team I've ever seen fielded in my life. That's a hot they're that take. Bad. Oh, dude, they're, they're awful. Just you, awful. You've seen a lot of seasons of baseball. Oh, my God. I... I I got to be honest with you. I mean, I, I was counting the number of players, actual ball players on that team, and I think I counted three. It was uh, Kemp, who's a, who's washed mm-hmm. up, who's over, but he's a he's a player. Um, Jesus the, Aguilar. The, Jesus Ag- again on the bench essentially. He's just a, he's a bat at this point. Um, Diaz is a player; he can play. And Langoliers, how do you say the name? The catcher. Yeah, uh, that Shay Langoliers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that kid's got a little bit of talent, but there's nothing else. There's nothing else on that team. That team is god-awful. So, I don't know. I guess before we get on to the other stuff, Dylan, what are your thoughts on sweeping Oakland for three in this series here with the Rays? I mean, any win you got to take, especially yeah. Oh, yeah. in our spot yeah. right now. Yeah. So, it, it definitely matters. But like you said, it's it's a shell of a MLB team. It's oh. a triple-A team. Oh, bad. There's a lot of bad teams in baseball right now. A lot of bad teams. And they're the worst. Oh, and they're the worst of worst. I mean, the Reds, the Tigers, the Nationals, the A's. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of bad teams out there. You got to make your hay again. So you're, you're right, though. You got to play who's on the schedule because everybody's going to play them. So you got to win those games. You got to sweep those games. You can't take two out of three against those teams. You need to sweep those teams and then take two out of three against the really good teams. So here's the deal, guys, with the Rays coming. I mean, we lose last night. I think we need to take the next three. I had said that. Originally, out of these seven games, I wanted three out of four. I said, if we could take three out of four, I'd be happy with that, with the lineup that we were putting out there, because you really only lose a game. Now, the Yankees got lucky while we were sweeping Oakland. uh, The Rays lost uh, two out of three to Baltimore, so we gained two full games. So that I felt even better about, like, well, if we get one in Tampa, which we did, one out of three, if we could get a split in New York, I would be happy. Now I would kind of like to see us win the next three in a row. I know it's going to be tough, but I'll still be technically happy with a split if we go 2-2. Two two. But we only have six games left with them for the rest of the year. That's it. So if they continue to play well, which I don't think they will. Let me go on record as saying this. I think they played, out of those six teams that I just mentioned that were bad, they played those teams 14 times already out of those six bad teams. So they're beating up on the bad teams. So they're going to have to play a lot of tough games down the stretch. Um, so I don't think that I don't think they're going to be there. They might win the division still, the Rays, but it's not going to be a cakewalk. They're not going to run away with the division like they're doing. Have you looked at our division? Our entire division has over twenty wins. Yeah. Every every we're in last place and we have twenty one wins. Like we'd be in first place in two other divisions in baseball right now. Our division is going to be a beast like it always is. Three teams are going to come out of there in the playoffs. So I mean, even if we have to just look at a wild card, it is what it is. As long as we get in the playoffs, I feel. Listen, if. Sevy's back. Cole is back. Rodon is actually back. I don't care who we, who we play in the playoffs. We can compete with anybody with those three. Those three guys, one, two, and three in a short playoff series, I wouldn't want to play us. So that's that's what the Nationals did that year. Yeah, yeah. I think we'll be fine. So all right, let's get to some other news here. Um we know Oakland's awful. It was announced that they finally did come to a deal with Las Vegas. There was originally one location, now it's a different one. They made a deal with the Tropicana. 
where they're going to have a lot of land knocked down for them. They're going to knock down the existing casino, rebuild a new casino to be attached to the ballpark. That'll that, be cool. That's going to be awesome. And it's well-deserved. And they'll start to draw again. We've talked about this before. Just move the name over. They're the A's. Everything is great. Um, but the problem is uh, that stadium's not going to be ready for three years, um, possibly four. So their lease with their stadium is up at the end of next year, I believe, where Oakland, where they are. So they're going to have to conceivably go play at the AAA ballpark, which Oakland has their AAA team in Las Vegas already, which means the A's would have to play in Las Vegas at the AAA stadium for at least two years. And guy, Las Vegas, summertime, 108 degrees. That's probably outside. It's outside. There's no roof. That's going to be a beast. That's going to be a bear. So, but I guess, you know what? They'll probably draw more fans there than they're doing in Oakland right now, it's to be honest a, with you. It's yeah. probably a nicer stadium. It honestly. probably is. It's because it's probably built for baseball. So, um, in other news, the Orlando uh, City Council has voted to bring a major league team. They want to try to get an Orlando team. They're going to be called the Orlando Dreamers, or at least that's the placeholder name. They released plans for their stadium. Their stadium looked awesome. It's yeah. a big dome stadium. It's right near SeaWorld, if you're familiar with Florida. And it literally had the dome that connected the stadium that extended out the dome to cover some stores and some restaurants and stuff. So, I mean, on paper, it looks awesome. I don't necessarily think uh, another team of Florida is a good idea. I'm of the belief that they should move the race to Orlando. I think that's the move to do it. But it is what it is. They don't seem to want to do it. But the commissioner came out yesterday and said, no new expansion will happen to Major League Baseball until the Oakland A's situation is resolved and until Tampa Stadium situation is resolved. So essentially, he came out and said yesterday, none of this is happening until we fix these two problems, which is smart, which is what you need to do. So, yeah. Um, I, I mean, well, let me say the price tag for the new stadium in Orlando would be $1.7 billion. It's going to have oh, office it? space. Office space, retail shops, and a thousand hotel rooms and restaurants connected to the actual stadium. It's right down there. If you're familiar with the Orlando area, it's right near International. I mean, there's a ton of stuff going on. Not that you would need more traffic and stuff there anyway, but it's in a good spot um, right near the convention center. So, how far away is Disney from it? Um, 15 minutes. Uh, well, if you're at where the new stadium would be, it would be 15 minutes south. So you'd go south towards it, not far, right up, right up the highway. You'd, it's actually closer to Universal. You'd, you'd hit, you'd go south, and you'd hit Universal first, and then a little further up, you'd hit Disney. So all within 15, 20 minutes of each other, barring traffic. But Orlando is so weird. It's 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 a cesspool, dude. It's it's awesome. It's 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 just like a giant tourist money trap. That's I've all never it is. seen anything in my life. I got some so a coworker of mine who's going to New York uh, for the weekend. And uh, she showed me where she was staying. And she's like, oh, I'm nervous about where I'm going to be and stuff like that. And turns out she got a hotel in Times Square. Uh, she's there for two days and everything she's doing is right in midtown Manhattan. And I was like, you're fine. You're absolutely yeah. fine. I like, you're in Disney. And she's like, what do you mean? I said, that area of New York City is essentially Orlando now. Like, they, it's all sanitized and touristy. I said, you're not really seeing New York, but, you know, you're seeing, I said, if you want to have some fun, just get on the subway and take a trip you know into the bronx or well she, they're landing at LaGuardia, and i said well do yourself a favor take the subway in i gave her the station i said get on the jamaica train and go into the city and said, oh no we're taking an uber 
I'm like, all right, it's going to cost you a hundred bucks to get into yep. Manhattan. It's going to take I, forever. Yeah, it's going to take forever. I said, and you're not going to see anything. I said, if you take the subway, you get a little bit of that experience. You might get a homeless person try to stab you or something like you'll have some actual fun. That's and part they, of the charm. They didn't, they didn't seem too interested in seeing the, uh, the homeless real person New York. might push yeah. you on the tracks. You know? Yeah. Fun I times. mean, you want to see real New York. I mean, really do it. So I don't know, Don, what do you think these new stadiums? Well, let, let's get to the Yankees first. I mean, your prediction for the rest, we've got three more games against Tampa. What would you like to see and what do you think is going to happen? Um, I would like to, uh, like you said, win the three. I, have, mm-hmm. I think that's pretty much impossible considering mm-hmm. how we're hitting. But yeah. um, And the pitching hasn't even been there either. Um, I I think we might even just win one. Wow. That I would have, be bad. I that would little, little well, that, that would That would be out of the seven games means we go two and five against yeah. Tampa. And uh, we would drop three more games to them in the standings. So that would be pretty bad. So that would put us back double digits in the division. So let's hope it doesn't come to that. Um, let's root for the split and hope for the, the three. Um, I'm still waiting for the bats to come alive. I thought that maybe, even though it was Oakland, I thought maybe by just them getting in the swing of things and hitting the ball around a little bit, you seeing some results, might actually bring them along. But uh, what happened last night was we just faced Rasmus and he was, he was dealing last night. And it was just bad timing. So... Um, we are going to have a bullpen game for for uh, Tampa one of these days, so that would be a day that you think we'd be able to make some hay. But uh, we'll see, we'll see. We got three more. Let's see what we do. So um, I'm taking uh, the youngins to uh, the uh, minor league game up here. The mighty muscle, the Minnesota Twins, a ball. The Tampa Tarpons are in town, so I'll get my first look at the uh, the new look Tampa Tarpons minus the Martian, minus a couple other guys, Sweeney guys who have moved on and moved up. So. Uh, there's a couple of prospects I'll have to brush up on, and I'll try to get a look at a couple of them and maybe have some info for you guys next week on who I think is uh, up and coming and my thoughts on how our girl Rachel is doing down there. Not only the she is not the uh, rarity anymore, there's like two more women mm-hmm. coaching in minor league baseball this year. So she was the trendsetter, but uh, she is not on her, on her own anymore. So that's happening tonight. So what else do we got going on? All right, let's do the baseball history before we get back to other stuff here. On February 2nd, 1876, Dylan, 1876, the National League of Professional Baseball Club, which comes to be more commonly known as the National League, is formed. The American League, or what they call the Junior Circuit, was established in 1901 and 1903. The first World Series was held. Do you know what other 19, what other significance 1903 holds? Still it. That was a question. Um, was that the the Highlanders? That was the debut? that was the origin for the New York Highlanders, who would later become the New York Yankees. Yes. So. Um, a little bit of bay. Look at Dylan no, no, knowing his question. history. You would have got it right. I should have saved it. Right. it. I should have saved that one for you. Could use another win. We'll get to that in a little bit. But don't right, feel so bad for me. I'm not going to feel bad. No, listen, it's got to be earned because it makes it. It's going to make you appreciate the winning streak even more. So we're going to get to that very soon. So all right. With uh, with that being said, we're going to take a quick break. Play the get song. Our, get take us, us out with the we're song. Gonna, we're going to, we're going to, we'll be right back with you in just a minute. Don't go anywhere, guys. Harrison, did you think that ball was gone after you saw it obviously not come back? What were you thinking there? Yeah, I mean, I, I knew I uh, hit it pretty good. I don't know if I hit it high enough. I'm still kind of getting used to the wall over there. Obviously, it's distance. I'm kind of used to in the past. Um, you know, obviously, being in St. Louis, 
a little bigger out there. So out of the box, I was just thinking double, and um, you know, just really fortunate that it, it turned out to end up, you know, ultimately being a, being a home run. So that was great for the team. Aaron Boone kept saying he really likes where the team is right now, especially on offense. Where do you think you guys are right now, especially coming off this sweep? Yeah, I think we're in a position where we're uh, we're game planning really well and we're trusting ourselves um, and we're taking confident at bats. Um, you know, earlier in the, earlier in the um, in this series, you know, we were just kind of staying in the pocket, taking good at bats, and then when the game presented situations for us to kind of pounce, I think we delivered, um, and then we just really replicated that energy throughout the entire series. So. Um, you know, the offense was obviously there this series, but also pitching pitching did a really good job. Uh, I think we took care of the baseball really well. So, you know, if you kind of do all three things like that consistently, we're going to find ourselves in a really good position. So uh, it was nice that this, you know, this series was an example of that. Where do you feel this team is at heading into another series with Tampa Bay? Obviously, just having played them gives you some confidence because, you know, we just game planned for them. We just prepared for them. So uh, I would like to think that it's really fresh in our minds. And um, obviously, even before just the series we just played against, and there's obviously a lot of history there, obviously, in, in division and, and everything. So, listen, we know what they do. Um, and they got a really, really talented team over there on all sides of baseball. And, you know, I think we're just really excited for the level of competition, um, which which allows us to play looser, allows us to play more confident, confidently. So um, I'm certainly looking forward to it, and I know this uh, this lineup is as well series like this where everybody gets going, especially going into an important series against this. Yeah, I think it's. I think any type of series where where you play really good baseball on all sides of the ball, um, regardless of the opponent, uh, you know, gives you confidence moving forward. Um, you know, a lot of things in this game are not necessarily about what happens, but it's kind of how you respond to them. Um, and I think that our response this these last three games uh, put us in a really confident position moving forward to to go out there and execute our plans on all sides of the ball and keep playing winning baseball because that's the goal every, every nine innings. Harrison, what's impressed you about Volpe so far? Uh, yeah, you know, I said it in spring training. Um, you know, he has he has poise, um, which I think is an identifiable characteristic of, of uh, you know, guys that stick around this league for a long time. Um, you know, all the good ones I can think of, they they have poise, good, bad, indifferent, anything that kind of gets thrown at them. Um, you know, they always just keep their composure and go out there and play baseball. Um, you know, I think he separates the game really well. Um, he's taking really good at-bats, swinging at really good pitches. Um, he's, he's certainly snapping his swing off. And regardless of the result, he's going out there and playing defense, which is the most important thing because pitching and defense will win you championships, there's no doubt. Uh, and you got to take care of the baseball. So he's been doing a, a great job of that, um, you know, every single time he's been on the field. So, you know, playing behind him, seeing it, see, watching him grow is just awesome. You know, he's, he's, just, uh, he's, he's a really good baseball player, and I'm happy he's a part of what we got going on here. What about the poppy show today, Harrison? Did that grand slam hit that a pretty, pretty the far? That, the grand slam he hit today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, the kid's got juice. There's no doubt about it. Um, he got a short, quick, intentional swing. So, um, yeah, you know, he's been hitting into a lot of uh, really, you know, I, w I don't want to say bad luck, but he hitting the ball really hard. Uh, guys diving all over the place today for him. Um, so to kind of get one that kind of popped is, uh, is awesome. So, uh, you know, we love to see that, especially when it puts up four runs for us. The Yankee captain. Aaron, to come out here this series and essentially take care of business, what position does this set you guys up for with the race coming into town? No, that's where we want to be. You know, we wanted to come in here and take care of business at home. And, you know, we, you know, every team in the big leagues, no matter what their record is, it's a good ball club. And you got to, you know, go out there and, and win every game. And, you know, this is just getting us ready for another big series here with the Rays where, you know, we were kind of back and forth down there at the Trop. And, you know, we're, we're looking forward to it. Second game back from the I.L., how would you rate where your timing's at at the plate? We're still working on it. We're still working on it. Um, missing a couple pitches. Uh, 
but that's you know we'll, we'll get there. We'll be I'll be where I need to be in here soon. As a spectator for that last race series, just what did you see from the Yankees? What did you see from Tampa Bay? How would you evaluate the series? You know, we could have easily been swept that series. You know, we easily could have swept them. You know, it's it was just kind of a back and forth series. You know, they take the lead. You know, we come back and they take it back again. You know, we tie it up. It was just kind of a back and forth series where both teams were really, you know, grinding at bats. You know, guys were getting dirty. Guys were making plays. You know, pitchers stepped up when they needed to. It was, it was a fun series. You know, it's a series you want to play in. So, you know, we're definitely looking forward to the four games you got at home with those guys, man. It's going to be it's going to be fun. Yeah, how did you describe that rivalry in the time that you've been with the big league club? They got a good ball club. You know, it's, um, you know, juices kind of flow and those competitive um, juices really get going when you're playing another good team. You know, they got great pitchers. They got a great lineup that's really, you know, not only putting the ball in play, but, you know, doing some damage and, you know, hitting a lot of home runs. So uh, over the years, it's been fun going going toe-to-toe with those guys. We've seen them in the postseason, you know, battles here at home, battles at the drop. So, you know, we're looking forward to another great series against them. Yeah, it's, it's it's definitely you know helps guys' confidence. You know, when you have a couple of good at bats, you know, put the ball in play. Uh, pitchers kind of stepping up for us, doing the job. So it's uh, you need those every now and then because baseball's a grind. You know, you're gonna have those series where nothing goes right, then you have the series where everything goes right, and it kind of kind of feeling good. So you know, getting a chance to get contributions from everybody in the lineup and in the rotation and then going into a big series like this is, is going to be good for us. Aaron, what has Harrison's addition done to this offense? He's a spark plug. Man. He's you know, he's a gold glove center fielder that, you know, he's hustling around the bases, you know, already two triples, you know, past couple games. Um, you know, just his at-bats, his approach at the plate, you know, he goes up there with a the plan and he executes it. You know, it's fun to see that and, um, you know, he brings that energy, man. You need that, you know, when you're playing 162 and, you know, things aren't going your way. When you have a guy like that in the lineup that can ignite it with a big three-run homer, man, it's it's special. What did you think of the power Volpe showed today? I was impressive. You know, he kind of, he knew right off the bat that I was going to be gone. You know, very few people uh, can take it out to dead center like that and kind of know off the bat that it's going to be gone. So it was uh, impressive, man. He's been hitting the ball hard all, all season. You know, I think the... The average you see up there isn't right, man. He's he swings the bat well. He has a great approach. You know, just been a little unlucky, so I was pretty happy he got rewarded for that little granny right there. How do you think he's handled that stretch? I'd imagine it's hard for a young player to be hitting the ball hard, but not necessarily getting the results. Well, that's why he's here. You know, is he's a guy that can handle going through the rookie year bumps and bruises that you're going to go through, man. He and he handles it with. You know, he's one of the best I've seen. You know, he never has his head down. Uh, he's never complaining. He's never asking why. He just shows up every single day ready to work. And even if he was over four the night before, man, he's coming out here and, you know, first swing of the day, he's, he's lacing a ball. So it's, it's, uh, it's impressive to see, and it's been fun to be around. With Aaron Boone moments ago. Aaron's fourth straight game where... The offense is scoring at least seven runs, but in that first inning, Harrison gets it started again. What do you continue to see in terms of his impact with this lineup? Impact. <laughs> I mean, he's extra base hits, hitting the ball out of the ballpark, some couple triples, great in center, energy, professionalism he brings to the table every day. 
you know, guys feed off them a little bit too, you know. So um, I talked about, you know, really through the last week and um, I just, the guys are really hooked up and, and preparing and, and competing really well. And um, I thought that continued today and uh, Harrison's been right in the middle of that. I know you've praised Anthony Volpe for various facets of his game, but when a young hitter continues to make loud outs, has nothing to show for it, and then it finally falls into play, what type of lesson could that be for a young hitter? Um, this game's hard. Tough league. You know, he, he's, but he's, uh, look, that's why, one of the reasons why we took him with us. Like, we know he's equipped to handle all that and understands that and, and I think embraces that and enjoys that. You know, as a player, you got to enjoy the grind. You got to enjoy the hardness of it and the and the every day, you know, the physical, mental grind of it. And some guys are more cut out for it than others. And, you know, I, I think, you know, he, he appreciates and respects how difficult this game is, but he also plays the game with a lot of confidence, too. How would you describe the momentum you're going to be rolling with into tomorrow night for the series opener with Tampa? Well, if we play well, then really well. Um, look, we're again. I just I like I like our approach. I like where our mind is. I like where our room is. I like where how we're preparing, and that's the thing we can control right now. And obviously, you know, getting a couple guys back has been big for us back in our lineup um so you know it's just nose down you know we got obviously a very difficult opponent coming in as part of this homestand next and we just got to keep on you know moving forward keep on moving who else max susan what do you take away from burrito's start when there was quite a bit of traffic but he also mm -hmm. limited the damage yeah i mean in a lot, a lot of ways he struggled but made some big pitches and you know to be able to go out there and get us into the fifth inning um was big you know i thought they got some good swings off on him um they made him work um but true to what we've seen from him he, you know whatever's going on he doesn't really get too phased or, or buckle so he was able to make some big pitches today you know to to keep himself into that game into the middle innings uh, when when it was a struggle at times. Um, and that's a credit to him and his demeanor and, and kind of his makeup. Susan, do you have a question? About Davey, first time he'd been on a major league mound in almost two years. What do you take out of what he just did? Well, it was a big pick-me-up. Pick I mean, we, you know, to be able to have him finish that game and give us three innings uh, was big. You know, wasn't perfect. Um, you know, but you know, he, he made some pitches when, especially when he got some three balls counts. Um, so, so the walk didn't hurt him. Um, and, you know, it was a big pick me up for the team to be able to give us three innings there. Um, and to stay away from some guys was big for us. Right. To the right. You guys have been winning series, but unable to get a sweep until today. How important was it to finish out a sweep? Yeah. I mean, it's good. You know, <clears throat> um, Again, I, I I just go back to I like where we're at. Like we're coming in with an edge, and I felt that this morning. Like, you know, there was a there was an energy to a quick turnaround game, and like we gotta we gotta go and we gotta keep going. And you know, 
I feel like we've done a good job of that over the last, you know, 10 days, really. Um, and you, you could sense that energy, um, you know, in the building this morning, and that's important. Gary, to the left. That nose down, day at a time approach that you were talking about, like with eight divisional games coming up, do you have to repeat that and emphasize that? going into those games or just on a day-to-day basis or is it kind of understood at this point in the club yeah i mean but we talk about it all the time you know i mean we you know we emphasize it at different points all the time or check it when it's not there but you know the biggest thing is you know it's a long year and and you got to make sure you're you know you know my my kind of what I just expect and demand is like that walk in today with an edge, prepare your butt off and go compete your butt off. And we're doing that really well right now, regardless of what result we get. And that's what we got to maintain. And that's the challenge of, in the, of a long season and making sure we hold each other to that standard and that account. And just with a few days to reflect on it now, like how would you evaluate the race series at the trop this past weekend? We lost two out of three, um, but, you know, I, I feel like in a lot of ways similar to what we just went through here as far as, you know, where I feel like this room is and where these guys are. So, you know, hopefully we can we can do better in the win column this time around. Eric. Understanding that you only play the schedule that's in front of you, do you like the challenge of facing them so soon after facing them just last weekend? I think there's, you should always um, like facing, you know, the best, the best teams. Um, I think you always enjoy that and relish in that, you know, in the end, we want to shake hands. You know, that's what we work hard to do each and every day. Um, But there is something about competing against other really good teams that hopefully um, brings out the best and, and hopefully as a competitor, you really enjoy. And then did you get any report on Severino's outing? I watched a good bit of it, actually, um, before I went out. Um, he looked really good. Um, and I, I didn't get the post game as far as how he came out of it. Um, I saw him get taken out in the fourth there and looked at everything looked good. But I thought he looked – I actually th- – I thought he looked really, really good. All right, to the left. Volpe's got uh, four home runs now. He hit 27 in the minors a couple years ago. What kind of power do you expect or envision from him at this level? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, I think that'll continue to grow and evolve, and um, it's definitely in there. I mean, you go out the front door here like he did at, what, 107 or something. That's a pretty good poke. Um, um, so we know he has power, and we know he can hit the ball out to, to all fields. You know, what it turns into, I don't know yet. We'll see. Uh, just. Was Hicks available today? He was He was an emergency today, yeah. He was doing pretty well. So, um, you know, when I took uh, <clears throat> Bader and Rizzo out, um, you know, I made sure that, you know, Hicks was in play just in case something happened to somebody else. Okay, thank you. Well, he really hit the shit out of that one, didn't he? <laughs> Like yeah, and he scrambled the son of a bitch. Look at that, he hit the fucking ball. Gotta get some free steak. <laughs> you having fun yet? 
Oh, yeah, I'm having a blast. Nice. Good. God, the sucker teed off in that like he knew I was going to throw a fastball. He did know. How? I told him. 